Howdy, howdy. Howdy. And welcome to... But It Was Aliens. The extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we probe allegedly truthful alien occurrences to determine whether these occurrences really did occur. In turn, preparing humanity for future alien visitation. Or making ourselves giggle. When I say us, I'm referring to me, your host this week, Kev, or Greybeard if you prefer, and alongside me, as always, is Granville Moonwalker. We don't piss about on this show, so let's jump straight into our DMC DeLorean, turn on the time circuits, set our destination to 1988, accelerate to 88 miles per hour, activate that flux capacitor, and drive on over to Puerto Rico. What has Back to the Future got to do with Mario? Didn't Mario come out in 88? Or was it 82? Earlier, wasn't it? Oh, I think it might have been 82 then. Oh, well, technically Donkey Kong came out, which had Jumpman. Original Mario. Which Mario are you talking about? Super Mario Brothers. Okay, that was 85. Uh, was... <laughs> now where's your music, Biatch? <laughs> I was three years either side. <laughs> Let me introduce you to today's subject, one Carlos Mercado. Question. Yes. Is that Carlos Mercado or Juan Carlos Mercado? (laughs) That is one. Not Juan. Okay. One person named (laughs) Carlos Mercado. Just wanted to clarify, so people didn't get confused. We have clarified. Carlos was a family man who lived around Betanze, beside the highway number 101 and near to the Sierra Bermeja mountain range. I'd love to tell you more about Carlos, but I can't because it's a secret. But it was a hot day in July 1988. This was Puerto Rico. When I say hot, I mean hot, son. Like this room now? Correct. (laughs) So hot, in fact, that Carlos couldn't sleep. Don't you just hate that? You're laying there, hot, sticky, fan on, windows open, butt naked. But the gullies keep on squawking and you just can't drop off. Oh, it's horrendous. Mm-hmm. Several nights like that lately. Yeah. Carlos, too awake now, went to his sitting room and laid down on the sofa to see if he could get any cooler there. The wife of Carlos remained in bed. Eventually, Carlos did begin drifting off, but suddenly he was stirred from his nearly slumber by a strange whitish light glowing outside. Just as he noticed this, Carlos heard a strange noise coming from outside the window, almost like a hum. Hmm. So the kind of sound if, say for example, a car was outside? The hum of an engine? No, 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 no. Or the hum of a hummingbird? Interestingly, you're thinking quite like what Carl was thinking at first, but Carl? Carlos <laughs> was thinking. One. I'm just going to change the names. You're thinking just like Juan was thinking. <laughs> but we'll get to that momentarily. So he just thought it was a car or a tractor, something outside. Something like that. With their lights on. Some. I mean, that's logical. 
Are you calling yourself logical? Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hum. But there was a light as well. Was it someone humming to themselves as they were about to break in with their flashlight? If you were in that scenario and you heard a hum outside and thought it was someone that was about to break in, would you confront or call the popo? I'm on my property, correct? (laughs) Correct. I'm not sure why you need to clarify that. Self-defence. So you'd call the police? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Afterwards. Uh, I'd call the police for anything. Angry looking... Well, actually, I was going to say an angry looking seagull flies past the window. I'd call the police. I absolutely wouldn't. That's a downright lie. (laughs) (laughs) I'd go hunt that fool. You kept me up again? But Carlos did not investigate that hum. Oh, no, no. Carlos stayed in bed. Well, on the sofa. Smart. But the sound continued. Carlos had thought that it was coming from a nearby road and wasn't about to get up and check, but the sound begun getting louder too. Suddenly, a minute or two later, tap, 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 something tapped on Carlos's window. Carlos got out of bed and slowly made his way towards the window. Carlos pulled the metallic shutters apart and looked outside. Okay, at this point, mm-hmm. I'm making sure I've got a weapon on me. What's your weapon of choice? Do you have a weapon lying around in the house, or are you picking the nearest household instrument that could become a weapon? Probably the nearest household instrument. I don't have any weapons in that house. So what's your weapon of choice here? <laughs> <laughs> He's winking at me. <laughs> what weapons do you have? You pull open a drawer and it's just nunchucks. Which ones do you want? Machine guns, <laughs> nuclear warheads. <laughs> what have you got all them for? You start winking at me. <laughs> That's not an answer. What do you mean? I am a level three <laughs> weapons expert. I can arm at a moment's notice. Why? Exactly. <laughs> Starts winking again. So, yeah, what is your weapon of choice, darn it? Nearest household object I can use. Yeah, give me and an example. my size. Give- <laughs> my <laughs> weapon is me. I am the weapon. I'm a grade three in karate. <laughs> What's your damn weapon? I need my to hands <laughs> no, are rated. I'm not allowing that. You're not the weapon. As lethal weapons. <laughs> and what are the hands holding? My fingers. <laughs> What's your weapon? Ah, uh, probably a coffee table. A coffee table? <laughs> what? You're going to lift well, it up and swing it like a baseball bat? If you pick a coffee table up and someone comes, like, through your door unannounced, you just launch that coffee table at them. I mean, there's a pretty high likelihood that you're landing a hit there with the first shot, isn't there? <laughs> exactly. If they manage to block it and stay up, then that's when you rush them. I don't even know if I can lift a coffee table to swing it. <laughs> As Carlos peeped outside, his eyes were greeted by a shining silver craft. The craft was not dissimilar to typical UFO descriptions. A bulb-like body with standing legs. I'll show you a drawing of it shortly, but we have more pressing issues to get to first. 
As Carlos's eyes adjusted to the light, along with the craft, Carlos noticed that there was something else outside too. Carlos noticed three small figures. Carlos would describe them as three little fellows on the sun lounge of his home. These figures, Carlos added, were so different. They looked a bit like us, but they weren't human. Do you reckon they were lost? Nearest house knocked on the window for directions? Yeah, possibly. That could be the done thing in... Because, I mean, at the moment there's no violence shown by them. And the fact that they've tapped, they've made a noise, so it's going to alert someone, isn't it? They've knocked rather than just entering, which is a good sign, isn't it? Excuse me, (laughs) we're lost. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like to us. You answer the door with your coffee table, you hear that one noise, (laughs) and you swing. (laughs) Swing for the fences, son. What, what? Start an intergalactic war. From a misunderstanding. Wouldn't that be human? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is sounding quite realistic so far, actually. Carlos would describe these little chaps as ugly. Mean? They had heads bigger than a human head with no hair, no ears, no noses, and massive dark eyes. Sexy grey. <laughs> Sexy grey. <laughs> he described them as ugly. Your immediate thought is sexy... This just proves that whatever I say, you'll rebel against it. <laughs> I'm being nice to them. I don't want to start an intergalactic war. To be fair, why has he got to sexualise them in any way? Exactly. Why have they got to be ugly or attractive? Why can't they just be different? They might just be ugly to him. Indeed. In place of a nose, they had little holes. Meanwhile, they had a slash for a mouth. Carlos also described their faces as flat. Now, I'm not being funny, Carlos, but that's a bit harsh. These little fellows could be absolute sex bombs on their home planet, you presumptuous bastard. Told you. And anyway, beauty is on the inside. Their skin was a grey colour. Sexy greys! <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> and their hands and faces were riddled with little lumps like they all had warts. Love bites. <laughs> Sexy lumps. <laughs> My love bumps. <laughs> Carlos said that they were about three to four feet tall, thin, and you'll love this bit. My humps, my lovely sexy humps. They were dressed in overalls like a mechanic would wear. Sandy overalls. Why are the aliens always in overalls? Doesn't matter what case it is, they're wearing bloody overalls. They were lost. They're on their way to rescue another alien craft that has broken down. They're like the AA. The alien AA. The AAA. They're now on their way to help someone, uh, but they've got lost. So now they need the help. Yeah. So they need the AAA to come out and save them. Well, not the AA, but they just need directions. So the ah, need directions. From the who? From the one. (laughs) Coffee table. Corner. What is it that aliens are doing that they always need to wear overalls? Like, is every alien a mechanic or a painter or something? Maybe. Maybe they just like overalls. Like, you like turtlenecks. <laughs> Since when did I like turtlenecks? It's far too hot for one of those. <laughs> it's always. I don't even think I've ever owned a turtleneck. 
No. I'm pretty sure... I nearly got you to buy one. You once suggested that we both buy turtlenecks. <laughs> it was with funny. no reasoning at all. <laughs> you just messaged me one day like, Kev, let's get some turtlenecks. <laughs> what? Why? And I'm sure you sent me a picture of, like, um, Tom Hanks in a turtleneck or something. <laughs> I was like, what? I remember, I remember, I was at a Christmas party and someone had turtlenecks on literally the day we were taking the piss out of turtlenecks. <laughs> and I said, we should get them after taking that picture. Uh, we should get some but it was aliens turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I don't even wear a scarf, let alone a turtleneck. I like the cold. Let's quickly just check out a picture of one of these things, Mr. Mooney. But obviously, I've already described them, so we don't need to spend too long on this. I'll also show you the craft. <coughs> okay, so we have technically a typical drawing of a grey's head. Flat-faced, sexy grey, I believe. And yep. he's drawn what would appear to be the bumps on its head as well. I didn't actually take that in when I first looked at it, but there are love bumps all over it, as you called them. Did one Carlos draw this? I think so. Because he's drawn that second picture very well. So this second picture is a picture of Carlos being either standing beside or being led by one of the greys to their ship, which just looks like an upside down light bulb with chicken legs and a ladder. And shadows of creatures in the hull? I just thought that was part of the thing. The windows. Oh, it could be. It's hard to tell, to be fair. And I've, I'm not 100% sure it's Carlos. It could have been an artist's depiction when he gave his account. Oh, okay. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he's got no right to call those uh, aliens ugly, is he? From the they're no, side they're back no profile of his head. Less well looking than himself in that depiction, if you had to pick between the two of them. Sexy greys! Yeah, sexy grey with his slit mouth. Stick your fingers in that. <laughs> oh, you always have to go one step too far. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's one rum. I'm the most polite and conscientious person, but as soon as you put me behind the microphone on this podcast, I turn into a disgusting <laughs> creep. <laughs> to begin with, Carlos was shitting his pants, understandably. But the sexy greys told Carlos not to be afraid because they weren't going to hurt him. They just wanted to show him something. We won't hurt you. Just come this way. You just want to show you something. They undo their belt as they're going around the corner. There I go again. <laughs> <laughs> their overall start unzipping. <laughs> the sexy grey music starts in the background. Okay, I'm just... I'm going to continue with the story, folks, but just as a little life lesson, if a stranger approaches you late at night and tells you that they're going to show you something, do not engage with that. Find a public place. Tell someone. Anyway, as the little chaps were telling Carlos this, Carlos noticed that their little slits weren't actually moving. Telepathy, son? Carlos was no longer scared. What if... Now... We've covered this quite a few times in previous episodes, and I don't know why it's only just sprung to mind. Right. What if it's not telepathy? What if they're ventriloquists? 
<laughs> it would explain so much. <laughs> their, their mouths don't actually move because no. they consume food or they develop energy in other ways. Maybe they've got solar power and they don't need to eat at all. They're very, they're basically very parts. good ventriloquists. Yeah, so their mouths don't move. They're actually ventriloquists. They've got vocal cords inside their body deep down and it just comes out of the slit. They don't actually have a tongue there like us. Yeah. Or they're like, we're going to fool these motherfuckers into thinking that we're smart and we use telepathy. And really, <laughs> we're, just a, we're just a travelling group of ventriloquists that have got lost. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very, very short human ventriloquists. <laughs> They've convinced. They've all got like some form of head herpes and the love bumps. <laughs> I know, but head herpes. <laughs> and they're actually just convincing people that they're aliens. Carlos states that he had a feeling they would not do him any harm. Is that because they told him through ventriloquism? That that may have something to do with it. They asked Carlos to come outside, so Carlos went outside. Two aliens took hold of Carlos, one on each arm, and led him up the road to their saucer. You've just asked, you've just asked him to go along, so why do you need to hold him and, uh, like, coerce Because they like to touch. Carlos was surprised that such a thing would land, basically opposite Carlos's house. Under the craft, which stood on four legs of course, there was a hole in the centre with a ladder hanging out technology to travel the galaxy and still relying on ladders. The little people told Carlos to make his way up the ladder, so Carlos did. Carlos made his way to the top windowed area of the craft upon the alien's guidance where there was lots of machinery. Up here there were more little chaps and one creature which was different to the others. Was that one sexy in Carlos's eyes? Is that why it was different? Smooth instead of bumpy, like peanut butter. (laughs) Smoother. Have you heard this story? No. (laughs) (laughs) You're not too far off. (laughs) It's got a smooth complexion. I mean, I can't really ask this about giving you giving a spoiler away, so I'm not going to ask it. You can just tell me what you're thinking, though. Just wondering if um, they've targeted Carlos or if it's just a coincidence where they've landed. Mm, Yeah, good question. Obviously, I'm not going to answer it. But a good question nonetheless. Indeed. This different alien, it was explained to Carlos, was their captain and doctor. The doctor would now take over with Carlos. The doctor looked more like a human as he was larger, had smoother skin, still grey skin, but not so big eyes. Meanwhile, he also had a nose. No more Voldemort. The nose was pointy. The doctor was dressed in a white tunic with white shoes. We have a picture of the sexy doctor here for you. Okay, I'm now about to view this sexy doctor. And I'm showing a picture of Doctor Who. You find Doctor Who sexy, do you? Yes. Yeah, fair. But I was about to ask, is it meant to be the creature that's beside him? (laughs) (laughs) That's all in white with, like, grey skin that looks pretty smooth and 
No, it's Has not. Nose. That's just a picture of David Tennant <laughs> with a, a cat alien type thing. The good doctor. That's where my mind went when I started calling him the doctor. And <laughs> Doctor Who would have been out by this point. Yeah. You say doctor, I go Dr. Dre. Ring ding dong, bitch. <laughs> He's not a doctor. <laughs> John Cena's more of a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dare you to go tell Dr. Dre that. He'll fuck you up. Or his doctorate. In what? Dre is a... Beats. <laughs> that ain't fuggonomics. Do you know, um, this alien reminds me of Martian Manhunter. Hmm. And he seems to be explaining something to Juan in this picture. He looks like he's giving a speech, yeah. Telling him about the universe or something, while the other little greys seem to just be working on the... Or around him. maybe Carlos has told him the directions and then he's pointing up at the direction Carlos has told him, like, this way? Yeah, but Carlos has his hand on his chin like, hmm, fucking emails. It's those hmm. nibs again. <laughs> Messing you saying, you're getting too close. I was actually going to put in a Doctor Who nude pic there, but it turns out Doctor Who porn is both real <laughs> and horrific. <laughs> Uh, and as always, I did use the podcast account to search for that. Did you search Doctor Who nude or... Yeah, pretty much. Mm, don't do it. <laughs> Please don't do it. Everyone, do not. Carlos heard that hum again and could feel the saucer rumble as the legs withdrew back into the craft. The saucer took off at speed. What speed? A speed. Slow? Was it fast? It's <laughs> payback for when I asked that question to you, isn't it? You've been waiting for me to say that for like a like hundred episodes. It's like the second time. <laughs> Quite quickly. <coughs> the craft headed towards the Sierra Bamija mountain range we mentioned earlier, an area Carlos knew well. Carlos then became scared as the craft hurtled towards the mountain. Carlos thought they were about to explode. However, the side of the mountain opened up and the craft hurtled down a tunnel into a big open area deep below the mountains. I'm in. Secret base, biatch. Yeah. How many TV shows, programs, films have there been where there's secret bases inside mountains? Team America, Thunderbirds. Now, Now that someone's mentioned it in a case... I'm in. It's got to be real. They had to get it from somewhere. This was it. Absolutely. This was the OG base in a mountain. Slapping the base. <laughs> <laughs> it's that I love you, man. Yeah. Oh, that film is so underrated. It's absolutely hilarious to me. Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the other chap in it. Jason Siegel. I think. Wonderful film. Slap of the base. Hey, Jobin. <laughs> the craft landed in a hangar occupied by lots of other crafts. Some were round, some triangular, some were even square. But there were no planes or choppers. I was expecting a rhyme then. <laughs> nope. And this was no human base. The doctor 
asked Carlos to come out into the base with him and gave Carlos some glasses so that he could see everything better as there was a brilliant light illuminating everything. The place was occupied by loads of little alien chaps all hurrying around. Some were working on the crafts, some were working on electronics. There were buildings too, like barracks. This is the hidden underground alien base we've been searching for. It explains so much. The aliens aren't coming from space, they're already here. They're in the mountains and under the sea. Under the sea? Sebastian told us. Life is much better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> so, this alien art is it an army base? You could make that assumption. I'm not saying that it was, but there's lots of crafts and it's similar to a barracks. But then what other sort of base? If humans were going to an alien planet, we had that sort of technology, what's the first sort of base we're going to set up there? Either an army or a scientific one. So they're either having one where they're Both, scouting. I would argue. Around, but maybe their scout ships have weaponry on it anyway. But to them, it's the lightest weaponry they've got. But to us, it can annihilate a planet. Perhaps, yeah. So they're flying ships out of this mountain to Mm -hmm. scout and observe humans in their natural habitat. Yeah. But they decide that one day they're going to take a young Juan Carlos. I mean, is, is he young? I don't know what Carlos is, but they take Carlos. Why Carlos? I was wondering when you were going to get there. I did ask because I was yeah. But I'm I back was kind to of it thinking now. it again. Why Carlos? Why indeed? Carlos? Did he just happen to be where they were? Are they experimenting on random humans to see how they react when they find out that they're real? Well, they've clearly not broken down because they took him and flew off again, mm-hmm. and they're clearly not asking for directions. They knocked so, on his window to. Show him something. Exactly. Or was he the closest human to them at that point? He was in his living room. I'm assuming is at the front of the house. Everybody else is in bed, therefore upstairs. If you're going closest by proximity, Carlos is the closest. So they just took the closest living life form. It's certainly an argument to be made, yeah. Not really clear at this point in the case, at least, why him, is it? No. Not at all. Selected or down to chance? I could be uh, very sceptical of Carlos right now. This is where you tell me that his name's John. And it's not Carlos. No, it's Carlos Mercado. (laughs) I'm sure there's a John in there somewhere. The doctor told Carlos that they wanted Carlos to see all of this because they wanted Carlos to tell other people. The aliens (laughs) have been down there a long time. They can work on their craft and they don't want to leave. They don't have bad intentions. They don't want to conquer humanity. They just want to interrelate with humans, mingle at a social level. But the human authorities apparently didn't want that. So the aliens are basically telling humans one by one that they mean us no harm and asking us to spread the word. Consider the word spread. After that... They got back in the craft and left the base. They dropped Carlos back home, got out with him, said their goodbyes, and told Carlos they'd be back. Then they left. 
I mean, it makes sense and it doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) You can kind of see the twisted logic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking as I was reading it. Yeah, no. But then as I finished, I thought, "Mm, maybe. In the fact that if you told the public, they would spread the word. And... You pick the right people, yeah. Would more likely believe it and want to um, socially, like, mingle. You tell the military that, or They're gonna try government higher-ups, yeah. Cool bullshit. It's going to be something different. Yeah, yeah. So I can see why they're telling the world. But they could also just, you know, fly several ships right into the centre of a big city where there's mm-hmm. loads of people all at once and then just say that exact message there and then and say that the higher-ups don't want us to intermingle. Boom. Cool. Job's done. There's an easier way to do it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost elaborate what they're doing here. But then maybe they don't want a war. They want a gradual takeover. So they want enough people to know about them and be on their side so that when they do do that, humans don't go all out war against them, outnumber them and win. Cause enough reasonable doubt as to their motivations and that they're peaceful. Wouldn't you get that anyway? Not necessarily. Potentially not as much, but you're never really going to know, are you? It's not, an, it's not a measurable... No, no, I suppose not. Carlos thought about his encounter for a long time and didn't tell anyone except for his wife. Well, he tried to tell his wife, but she was still asleep, so he told her the next day. The wife believed Carlos, but Carlos didn't tell anyone else. She didn't believe him. So... I heard this tale, and my first thought was that if there's a base, there must be other sightings in the area. So I probed deeper. It turns out, on December the 28th, 1988, at 7.45pm, a huge illuminated triangle appeared over the Sierra Bermeja Vermilion Mountain Range and Lake Cartagena area of Puerto Rico. Two U.S. Navy jets, believed to be F-14 Tomcats, were seen to be captured by this triangle before all three vanished. This event was actually witnessed by many local eyewitnesses, and I'm telling you this because one of those eyewitnesses' names was Senore... Senore? Senor Carlos Manuel Macardo. Macardo. This man-dog was there. Um, By chance, looked it up. Same person saw the sighting. Yeah. Among many witnesses. I I was going to say, I'd be much more sceptical then. But are the other witnesses real? Well, you could ask me, is Carlos real? Is Carlos real? Yeah. Are the other witnesses real? As far as we know, yeah. But whose word are we taking for this? Hopefully mine. Don't believe you then. (laughs) It's fake, everybody! I'll get to clarification of the witnesses in a second. How do they know from where they were, down at ground level, civilian feet on the floor level? Right. Seeing this triangle up in the sky. Right. Way up in the sky. Yes. You know, sky level. Yes. How could they tell that they were two US Navy jets? Because they could see the two jets. But I don't know they were US. Um, well, that's not a bad question. I suppose they've made an assumption that it's US because they're in a nearby area and they probably have 
flags or notification um, notification <clears throat> like I an emblem of the I US. don't think you'd be able to see that from where they are. Well, I can't remember, so please don't quote me on this, but like during the wartime you could identify Allied force planes because they had that mark on them. But I'm going to assume that Carlos's eyesight is similar to yours. <laughs> Whoa! From, <laughs> All right, from, Hawkeye. From your sitting room window, you couldn't see the traffic jam. That's because I'm not bloody tall enough to see over the buildings. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even <laughs> seeing over buildings. <laughs> a couple of inches make a lot of difference, son. I don't believe... Like, that was probably, what, 200 metres? I could see In that if I stand line. outside and tiptoe. Whereas, <laughs> like, 30-odd thousand feet up in the air, I'm not believing that they're making out their US Navy jets. I mean, they may have just made the assumption, but it could also just be bullshit. Perhaps the US has quite a military presence in Puerto Rico. Maybe they do. Maybe someone else does too. But yeah, let me tell you a little bit more here, because the way this July 1988 case came to light is actually because researcher George Martin from the Flying Saucer Review... Uh, sorry, just one question. Mm-hmm. Is that George or Jorge? It's J-O-R-G-E. George. Jorge. <laughs> so let's call them Martin. So George Martin from the Flying Saucer Review was in the area looking into the December Triangle. So you're a whore, eh? Carlos was a witness to that and several other incidents which reportedly were all supported by other witnesses. So it wasn't just Carlos in any of these. But once Carlos met the researchers, he then raised his previous experience fearing that nobody would have believed him until he met the researchers. Carlos also sought no publicity from this. Interestingly, the area where Carlos explained that this took place, the Sierra Bamija mountain range, as we've mentioned, has actually been suggested in other similar cases of alien contact too. Indeed, at least one account outlines an individual being taken to a subterranean facility beneath the Sierra Bamija. Meanwhile, a high-ranking military official of the Puerto Rico National Guard, residing in Aguadilla, also gives a similar account in that he too was taken to an underground base in this area following an abduction-like event. Both were given medicals by alien beings in the same subterranean base. Hashtag probe. Oh, and at one point, the mountain area was a restricted area, reportedly due to the Voice of America radio station operating in the area, but no transmission was ever made from the area. It's also a hotbed for UFO sightings. Conspiracy, Biarch! Is it quite possible? It is quite possible. That there is a US base on the other side of that mountain and they were getting too close. Mm. And they were taken. So that's kind of the way I'm leaning at the moment, yeah. And... You've got too close to the truth, so we're going to put you off. These things were, yeah, kind of done to them. Maybe they were dosed up with LSD or some other mind-bending drug Mm -hmm. that would have... Allow them to implant 
thoughts, inception-like, into your brain, like the chair. <laughs> We've really been hit by that Montauk Project case, haven't we? <laughs> Every case we cover now, we're going to be linking it to that somehow. But no, maybe they, um, I wouldn't say hypnotised, but drugged, just dressed up as aliens or something, just to kind of put them off. Because mm. if you're in a drugged state, mm-hmm. anything you see, you're going to not necessarily think is real, but... Perceive it. Perceive, yeah. Mm. Well, they could have suggested things and then they hallucinated. Maybe. What what I find interesting is that the other experiences got probed, but not Carlos. Come on, Carlos. <laughs> you know you took one in the butt. In the butt, butt. What, what? In the butt. <laughs> Carlos stated that he was still waiting for them when interviewed. With regards to the triangle sighting, Carlos said that he could see that the planes were harassing the triangle and it just carried them off. Carlos isn't worried because the aliens are good, but someone wants them out of there. Are they trying to make the aliens look bad? That is actually the last I could find on Carlos. So what other explanations could there be, if not underground alien base? Did Carlos dream it? Did Carlos make it up to cover his dirty ass? That's possible, remember. He's one of many witnesses for a couple of other sightings in the area. Was Carlos smashed? Was this a combination of Carlos over-exaggerating or even misinterpreting potential experimental military tech? Is there an underground military base carrying out experiments with both technology and on humans? Or is there indeed an underground alien base? Remember, there are other similar accounts in this area. That didn't cross my mind. So... Although I mentioned them being drugged or taken by the military, yeah, it never occurred to me that those experiments may have just been done on humans and they just happened to be the, some mm-hmm. of the ones that yeah. were like experimented on. All the people that saw the alleged event, I hate to discredit so many people. Or Do you? Not discredit them. But you're happy to swing a coffee table at a stranger. But is it possible that they were in a group experiment? Hmm. We know testing group experiments out some, have been done. Testing out some, um, like, toxic gases or liquids. On, I mean, because why, the, why was there a group of people? Was it, Were they just in the street at the time? Were they at an event? Is there somewhere where they all drank from the same punch bowl? And then... Once they'd all had whatever they'd had, I don't know, maybe a video got played or a sound or a recording was played overhead, which put the suggestion in their mind. One person says what they see, and then it becomes vivid in the minds of others, like a group hallucination. Mm, I can't rule it out. We know governments and militaries are sneaky bastards. Mm-hmm. was half expecting an email to ping then. <laughs> On that note, here is the summary because that's the end of the case. During this episode, we travelled to Puerto Rico in July 1988 after the release of Super Mario. 
brothers, where Carlos Mercado was having trouble sleeping. So he went to his sitting room, leaving his wife. Just as Carlos drifted off, he was awoken first by a bright light and loud noise and then by a tap at his window. Carlos looked out and was greeted by several small alien fellows along with their craft. They took Carlos, allegedly telepathically, or possibly via voice from their butts, not to be scared, as they just wanted to show Carlos something. They invited Carlos out to play, and Carlos went. The aliens took Carlos to an underground base hidden inside a metal cave within the Sierra Bermesia mountain range. This base was absolutely riddled with alien and alien craft. One of the aliens was called the Doctor, and told Carlos that they'd been at the base a very long time and meant no harm to humanity. The aliens were here to interrelate the human species. They don't want to leave and they don't want to take over. They just want to be buddies. After this, the aliens took Carlos home. This mountain area was a restricted area, reportedly due to a radio station, but that station is not known to have ever broadcast. There was a sighting of a triangle craft in December 1988, taking two military planes away with it, which is how Carlos met researchers and gave his story, because he witnessed that event with others. Meanwhile, there have been at least two other claims of an underground base in the area. Is there anything, Mr. Moonwalker, that you'd like to touch upon before we conclude? Yes. Touch away. The broadcast station. That never broadcast, yeah. That never broadcast. How do they know it never broadcast? And it's very possible that it was broadcasting to one frequency. Why are you using it? There's no broadcast in the area when people have checked frequency as to whether it's ever broadcast. That would be quite hard to tell, I guess. Exactly. Because those radio waves are going to be out in space. What if it's just not broadcasting at the time they want? What if that's an experimental broadcast station? So the same way they all saw that thing at once. Maybe ever since it's been built, people have been examining it, but I don't have the scientific evidence to back this one up, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. On that note, are you saying that it was aliens? <laughs> the strongest ask ever? <laughs> Pretty confident here. I am going to have to agree that this is not aliens. How can you agree? And I say I agree said? because I know for a fact you are not saying that this is aliens. <laughs> uh, bugger. Yeah, I'm not saying there was aliens either. <laughs> there we go. This far, we've we've covered a few of this nature, and there's they're somewhat entertaining, but with only one person's account, the evidence is always going to be a bit limited. However, it did get my brain firing around the possibility of an underground base. I think I've mentioned before an idea that if aliens did visit us, an underwater base would be a very good idea to set up shop. Meanwhile, we've also covered Hollow Earth before. Going underground is a definite alien strategy. But do I believe this is aliens? No, I don't, unfortunately. I couldn't find anything to suggest that Carlos wasn't credible, just as I couldn't find anything to confirm that he was. So I'm going to have to go with misinterpreted sightings in the area and that dreamlike state where everything seems real. Until we visit Puerto Rico and probe this alien base for ourselves. 
any final thoughts from yourself before we close, Mr. Mooner? No. The more this case has gone on, the more I'm edging towards military. Yeah. It, rather than it being a story that's been made up. It's the fact that there's been sightings and that area was restricted, but why? Yeah. So it's prob- I'm going with experimental military tech. Fair, yeah. And possibly human experimentation. I'm going just the military tech route and Carlos was uh, laying on a bit thick, personally. Huh? Just the gut feeling. <laughs> and on you that note... your gut. Yep. My gut is saying that that's a wrap for today. You fine, fine people. Thank you for listening to But It Was Aliens. We're hard at work making these episodes. And if you enjoy what we do and you're all up to date, what can you do? Well, for less than £5 or $5 per month, I think, or whatever your currency may be, you can sign up over at patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens where each month we drop a special bonus episode which we call the side probes there we delve into more widely paranormal cases so rather than aliens we are talking ghosts demons cryptids a person who can make it rain all sorts one day i may even probe mooney's taxi ghost i mean that'd be a fucking if you could get to the bottom of that <laughs> I'd be impressed. One day. If you have any suggestions of topics to cover, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a line on the Twitter at... On the Twitter! At But It Was Aliens. That's it from us this episode. So until next time, if you eat enough Tic Tacs, will one pick you up and take you to its leader? The truth is up there. Hashtag... You know the uh, video of the Tic Tac? Yes. Where it all of a sudden just changes direction? Yes. Do you think it's mimicking a Tic Tac that's in a case being shaken? 